The Free For All Roundtable. Round two. On the round table, here to warm you up, Tamara Cherry with Pickup Communications, also the author of the book called The Trauma Beat. Bob Reed is here, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the man behind touchdowns and fumbles, heard on Fridays on Jerry's show. Mitzi Hunter, former liberal MPP, is here as well. And let's actually start with something we only learned about in the last little hour or so, and that's that the Ford administration is going to follow on the heels of another couple of provinces and add in Holocaust education for high school students. Bob Reed, I don't know that anybody could argue that that's a bad idea, but everybody's welcome to do so if they want. No argument here whatsoever, but my reaction was, don't they learn that already? Shouldn't that already be part of the the history curriculum? I, I was surprised that this is being touted as a as a new thing, as a new development. Well, it'll be interesting to hear from the people who designed the curriculum. I imagine this is just about adding an enhanced module, but you're right; it should be there. Mitzi Hunter. Sure. Um, so, so Bob is right. Uh, you know, t- history teachers can uh, put in any examples um, that they choose to. But what this is going to do, it's making it mandatory for the grade 10 history curriculum. And that, and therefore, it, it has to be covered. It's not optional. And, um, it, you know, it, it dovetails with what the minister announced um, with making it mandatory for elementary schools as well. And so it's it's just really completing both panels um, to make sure that this important topic is covered and covered in a way that leads to, um, you know, what is happening today in, in contemporary um, history and geopolitical contexts. Tamara Chair, your thoughts? I mean, it is it is interesting that this wasn't already a mandatory part of the curriculum, because how do you skip over that part of history? Like you've got to try really hard to skip the Holocaust, but clearly it's something that is needed. Let's not forget about the TikTok fad of a couple of years ago where kids were pretending to be Holocaust victims. Um, It's disgusting, like the level of of disinformation that is out there. Um, You know, Stephen Lecce had had pointed to a study that was done a couple of years ago that found that one in three students question basic facts about the Holocaust, including, you know, whether it happened or how many people were killed or how many Jews were killed. Like that is that is telling of a, a huge, massive, massive problem and something that we need to fix. Something I wonder, though, is when they introduced Holocaust education into the elementary school curriculum a year or so ago, why didn't they do the high school portion of, of it then when when it was clearly you know, known back then that there was a problem. Anyway, I'm, I'm happy that it's happening. Yeah, well, I think something that's basically heated this whole thing up is all the unrest and the anti-Semitism post-October 7th. So that's created somewhat of an urgent situation. But there's so. been anti-Semitism for years. Like, talk to anybody in the Jewish community in the GTA. And, and you know, most of my Jewish friends have experienced anti-Semitism throughout their lives. Things are absolutely getting ramped up in terms of anti-Semitism, Islamophobia in light of what's going on uh, in the Middle East. But anti-Semitism is nothing new. And it's something that that the government should have been all over a while ago. And and speaking of which, John, that's what kind of makes me feel like, oh, they're just using 
um, the news in the Middle East as an opportunity to get a political win right now Ooh. with this Holocaust education. Whatever it's happening, I'm I'm happy. Okay. Uh, the immigration minister in Ottawa is going to unveil Canada's new strategy for immigration and the figures. It's thought he's going to say that our target for the next calendar year is 500,000. This year was uh, 485,000, if I'm reading the numbers right. Um, let me start with Mitzi Hunter. And there's going to be some new, not necessarily terms in this, but we're going to be evaluating availability of housing, um, what kind of jobs are still open, um, we're, and, you know, whether the health care system is going to be stressed. So we're taking these things into account, which I think is a good idea because nobody ever had the conversation of what is the sweet spot for the number of newcomers we need every year. Yeah, I think it's actually a really great idea to have a whole government approach when it comes to our immigration numbers and um, the ability of our communities really to absorb uh, newcomers into into the country. We know that the better job we do of integration and making sure that people are housed, making sure that they're integrated into schools and that jobs are there. The, the more success uh, is likely the outcome of that settlement here in Canada. So I think the minister uh, is right, recognizing that housing is the crisis that we're facing right now across, across the country, that uh, these upfront conversations across ministries have to happen. You, you would hope that they would have been happening, but it, it seems like they're not. So putting it in the strategy, I think, is a good move. Yeah, Tamara, if I can come back to numbers, uh, we keep on, because of the Greenbelt scandal, banging the drum about how all these people are coming to Ontario. We have an emergency. Nobody ever asks the question about whether or not we've exceeded our capacity. Yeah, and very few people answer, ask the question of whether or not immigrants are happy when they get here, because that is also a problem that Canada is facing. There's a lot of people that are um, not wanting us to increase our immigration numbers and are actually wanting us to decrease our immigration numbers. But uh, there's also the fact that a lot of immigrants come and they say no thanks and they decide to leave. So when we talk about things like housing, and, and I know this is this is another topic we may discuss on this panel today, John, but when we look at the number of job vacancies in certain industries, such as construction, and how with the, the baby boomer generation retiring, how there's going to be even more job vacancies, if we value things like the trades more with immigration and put less emphasis on, say, a post-secondary uh, degree, then that could really help us if we if we focus more on people who are coming into the country with with skilled trades and, and can help us get houses built. Yeah, Bob Reed, the phenomenon that uh, Tamara was referencing is called onward migration. And I didn't even know this was a thing, but apparently a measurable percentage of people uh, in five to seven years will just move to another country. Yeah, and that that surprises us because the the end of the story is supposed to be they they come here to Canada, they build a new life and live happily ever after, but uh that is not happening for a, for a variety of reasons. I think the minister better get this right today. Um there's been a a significant disconnect going on for a while here between the realities of housing people, of ensuring there are proper supports for people uh who who come to this country and 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 choose choose to call it home and I think we're seeing um, unintended consequences uh, of, of that in uh, polling numbers uh, that shows um, 
a significant shift in public attitudes towards immigration um, because and I think that's because we've been hearing this drumbeat of there's not enough housing there's not enough supports there's not enough this there's not enough that we're all gonna have to pay more for it we're gonna have to find a way out of this crisis because so many people are coming here that then leads to people saying why are we letting so many people come here then isn't that the problem and that's unfortunate because we need immigration uh, we're, we're not having enough domestic babies to sustain sustain our, our population and uh, and and provide uh, the economic uh, uh, stimulus and everything else that goes with that. So we absolutely need more immigrants. But I'm concerned that because the feds have not articulated this file well, that they're, they're actually contributing to that growing shift in negative sentiment. We mm-hmm. talked with the mayor of Oshawa this morning and they're I guess they're doing the big whiteboard at the front of the room operation and coming up with ideas for transit and transportation. And two of the proposals are either an aerial gondola or a suspended monorail system. (laughs) Mitzi Hunter, I'll start with you. People automatically laugh as soon as you say monorail because it seems like a toy instead of an actual transit. Well, well, also, I mean, they have the recent memory of the Scarborough SRT coming off the rails. So I I just (laughs) Um, say be wary of of these ideas that don't have longevity in terms of a transit system that you really want to last 100 years, uh, 75 to 100 years. And um, I suspect that they may vote for the BRT option uh, or even an LRT if they have that ambition for a rapid transit. Um, Sounds sounds fun. But uh, but I'm not sure that it's it's, it's lasting, and, and that's what's needed when you're building core transit in in in, in suburban communities. Okay, uh, help me out for a second. A BRT is what? A bus rap. Uh, sorry, a BRT oh. is a bus rapid transit. It has its own dedicated rights of right, way. Right, like in Ottawa. So it, exactly. So it moves more quickly um, through through the city streets uh, in its own dedicated lane. And Bob Reed, I just know everyone's got the monorail song in their heads because yep. it all came undone on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. Um, I, I, I love stories like this because they're just so amusing. The idea of a, of a gondola system going up the main street in Oshawa is just delicious to me. Uh, <laughs> But that said, uh, the the reality is we don't see these fanciful types of of devices and and transportation technology in widespread use, and I think there are reasons for that. The reasons that you know you look at Europe, you look at the rest of the world, um, they tend to be rail based on the ground systems for very good reasons. So uh, that that should be where the focus needs to to lie. Although when he spoke with us, Tamara Cherry, the mayor, was saying they, they don't have the capacity for um, grade level, street level uh, buses or rail. But still, it seems, as Bob said, largely fanciful to think about aerial gondolas. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see how practical it is when these cabin capacities are 25 passengers and they're going 21 kilometers an hour and linking stations spaced at an average of 875 meters apart. I do love the idea and I love that we're talking about Oshawa as a property investor in Oshawa. So yay for that. Um, the BRT route, though, and I had to Google what it stood for, too, John. So but bus rapid transit, I've seen it in Brazil, uh, in Sao Paulo. It is 
amazing. I've always wondered why it hasn't been explored more here in cities like Toronto, uh, where you can just cut right over that traffic and it seems a lot easier to build than tunneling underground. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just happy to hear us talking about Oshawa and, and getting serious about transit outside of Toronto proper on the outskirts of the GTA. I'm still waiting for my hovercraft, but thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Mitzi Hunter, Bob Reed, and Tamara Cherry. Wasn't that supposed to be actually happening? Somebody was going to use hovercrafts to connect Toronto with uh, Niagara on the lake, I think. And I don't know if that's going ahead or not. And I thought it had. Uh, Pinball Clemens was on board. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to check that one out during the newscast and see where it's at. But Toronto's always got something in the hopper, right? Like we had the ferry going to Rochester, which was actually a great idea because driving around the lake is a nightmare. But it it never took off. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845, weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.